just when you thought there would be an episode of discography discussion without Dan. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not sure what you were thinking. I'm not sure what anyone was thinking. Well, you know, I just got done listening to the newest episode, and uh, I really enjoyed it. But me being the opinionated person that I am, just felt like I needed to throw a little, a few things on there. You know, 20, um, 20 minutes in, that, that episode is up, and I get a text of, I need to record a rebuttal right now. <laughs> I don't know about a rebuttal. I, uh, I'm, too, I'm two beers in, so, you know. <laughs> oh, here it comes. That explains that's, everything. That's, that's where we're at. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I just listened to the new episode, and uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, for the most part, I thought it was really cool how we did two bands and and all that. Um, I wanted to talk about Adam Ship uh, a little bit. And yeah, you're a big fan of Adam Ship. I, I I hope I caught at least half of your own opinion about it. Uh, a little bit. Um, it's weird, too, that you would say that you, that you think Aliens is, is the best song, or you think that I would think that Aliens is the best song. Um, but, I mean, it's it's completely fact. It is the best song. Uh, why do you say the that? I, the reason I the reason I say Aliens is the best song on the Crash Forty Seven is because, um, so it, it's it's very comparable to Mothra. In a lot of ways, in that it is a slow build up, which essentially you know you start with the rock band that you've been listening to throughout the record, and before you really you know before you hit the end of the song, we're in totally different territory where we are in the band pushing their extremity to the limit just just making just just making a song that absolutely breaks down in such a ridiculous horrendously great fashion and you, you would think listening to some of the other singles on the CD that the band wouldn't really be pulling off stuff like that and they are because they they have a drummer that's clearly better than the band that he's in clearly better than most bands Right, I mean, you know, he's 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 almost almost sounds bored on some of the slower songs. Um, he he's just got really complex beats on songs that you know, and it's not even that they don't match up. I mean, he makes them work, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it just sounds like maybe he's bored. Like he's just trying to put as much crap in there as as he can uh, to to keep himself occupied because it's it's clear that this guy could go out and be a metal drummer like right now. You know, <laughs> Chad Kent has done, and while I can't cite a specific name of a group, he does a lot of studio work. He does a lot of hired gun, and yeah, I could see that. If you're good at something, don't do it for free. The words that get tossed around amongst drummers is interdependence, the ability to each of your limbs function as their own device and he has it mastered or is at least capable of depicting it as if he has it mastered oh yeah for sure i mean i really uh <laughs> i really think that that he's he's definitely got the chops uh so it's interesting to hear a drummer like that on a record like the crash 47 which is good in its own right i mean the the lyrics are are, are spot on uh, you know the um the the song pace for the most, like the song's pace for the most part, um, are, are great. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of um, dynamics and, uh, you know, the, the record just kind of goes all over the place and that's not a bad thing. And I can almost see why the record wasn't commercially successful because in the, in the sense that like, it's an extremely talented band, but I don't think that the average target audience is really going to pick up on that. I think I made the comment that the songs, the lyrics had to have been written by a psychopath and when I 
sat back for a minute and thought about it after I said it. A lot of the music on that record is like a psychotic break happening. Or it's like an anxiety attack. It starts off low and it just gets worse and worse. And when you think it's going to get better, it just... They start playing as fast as they possibly can. And just... Even even aliens at the very end, you hear Joey Culver just kind of let out a little... A, a sighing scream. Yeah, it just sounds great. Yeah, it, you know, um, fits. It's weird, too, you know, that you'd have that extreme of music without, like, more extreme vocals. Um, but that's okay. Like, I mean, it really works here. Um, it sounds more like, you know, what a normal person would sound like having a, having a psychotic break. And, um, the lyrics, man, the lyrics are just spot on. Um, I kind of chuckled a little bit whenever you and buddy were talking about, uh, the song withered and how, uh, he says, there's a girl in my bedroom, but don't you worry. She's not breathing. Um, I always, I always interpreted that, you know, less as like murder, suicide, uh, and more of just like that he's, he's in his room alone looking at a photograph, you know. Uh, Maybe he has a magazine he's not supposed to have, if you know what I mean. Well, I don't know about all that, but uh, I don't really get that vibe off of the song. No. Uh, I think it's just a song about being lonely, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just funny. It's just funny the, the, the interpretation that, that you guys came up with on that um, is definitely much more disturbing than what I had actually picked up from listening to the album. But I thought that was cool. And, uh, you know, that that's a great song, Withered, um, being one of the slower songs. Um, even though I, I you know, I'm... I'll go to bat for anybody and say that Aliens is not only one of the best songs ever written, but Aliens is is clearly the standout cut on the record. And I know a lot of people want to say Mothra, and I like Mothra, but Mothra is just very um it's full of just random crap until you get to the end. You know, it's 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 a very it's repetitive lyrics and the build up is effective, but I don't think it's as well done as it was done on Aliens. Um <laughs> And it's just, it's weird hearing Mothra that early in the record, you know, like you get Day of Days and then you immediately go into Mothra and it's like, oh, wait, what am I, what am I listening to? So I think, I think the pace fails a little bit in in the early part of the album, but really picks up uh, towards the end. Now, since I've got you, I'm going to call you out and say, why is it that you like Adam Ship, but you do not like Watership Down? Uh, 99% of it is the vocals. You just don't like Derek Pardo? Um, I mean, he, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He, he wrote some great lyrics. Um, you know, clearly, clearly had an influence on the songwriting of the band. But uh, vocally, I just don't think he's there, man. He's sound when he's singing. He sounds like he's having an anxiety attack. You know, <laughs> which and, is uh, supposed to be the reason why he didn't tour with them and why he wasn't on the record. Right. I mean, they they pretty much, as far as I know, they did. They just they hired a guy to sing on the record. Yeah, it was Joey Culver. Um, yeah, and he was great. I mean, just fantastic. Um, he was in another band too. I don't remember what they were called, but uh, one of the songs on, on on their album sounded a little Adam Shippy, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the vocals were just not there on the on the on the self released stuff, and um, and I, I had the displeasure of hearing it after the fact, like hearing it after I'd heard you know better versions of these songs. So there, there was really no way for me to. <laughs> really appreciate the original and, and to be honest with you i probably wouldn't have continued checking out the band uh if i hadn't heard the better stuff later you know or earlier like if that had been my first introduction to the band i, I would have been like eh, i don't know about it but did you take time yeah, no, to listen I, to death therapy what's that did you take time to listen to death therapy 
Oh yeah, I, you know, I was I was uh, on the death therapy train um, ever since I heard the lie. So you got you guys were saying that that the lie was not a good first single to release uh, because it created a false expectation for the band. That was definitely Buddy's opinion. Well, you said it too. Um, it's oh, I was documented. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, no, I mean, to me, I think the lie was a good um, lead-off single because my understanding is uh, because I, I listened to a podcast with Jason Wisdom on it recently, and he was saying that you know they wrote the lie. That was like that was like the first death therapy th- therapy song, and so yeah, it makes more sense that that song was more quote you know metal uh, than what the rest of the album was because the lie more or less like was the band. It was kind of like the, uh, the blueprint for what the band was going to be like, at least at that time. So I think, I think what it was is I think, you know, he sat down with his bass and he wrote this song called the lie. And, you know, he, he had the last band that he was in. Um, actually he was in another band called, uh, Solomers before that, uh, where he sang, but, um, he might've played bass on it too, but, uh, you know, it was, it was still, it was metal. It was death metal. And, uh, so I think I think you know the the fact that the lie has a very metal uh, foundation uh, to it, it. It totally makes sense in context of the history of the band and, and everything. Um, you know, and I, I thought I thought it was relatively unique sound uh, for for somebody that had pl- more or less played traditional metal or, or metalcore and before that. And I just think I just think the lie was a really good uh, lead off single. Because, you know, I think, you know, I think if the first single had been Slow Dancing with Death, I don't think the band would have gotten as much buzz generated about them as they did. I think, I think if, if you're going to tell somebody, okay, Jason Wisdom from Become the Archetype is doing a new band and it's just him and another guy and they're playing like synthesized bass, and, you know, like more, and more of an industrial sound. I think, I think those people are going to not be as excited about the band. So, you know, you release something called The Lie, which I think is going to resonate with those Become the Archetype fans. I think I think that is the ideal single to release first. Um, and you're sure, you know, like Buddy said, of, of, of course it's a bait and switch. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, mo- most of music oh. is it's a bait and switch. You know, you, you have to do something to get people to check out your stuff. Like I said, if it got your attention... Then it did its job, and it was the perfect single. It was a good single, and I, and I really liked it. I, I like Slow Dancing with Death. Um, I actually, you know, I, I love the screaming on it because, I mean, really, the screaming the screaming throughout the record, I think, is great because it's kind of the only thing that, that keeps it from being at like a mid-'90s, early-'90s record, you know. Right. <laughs> it, it sounds like... Um, you know, like Marilyn Manson and um, Nine Inch Nails and, you know, maybe like old Fear, Fear Factory and, and stuff like that. And Somebody so, definitely I mean, got I, the blender out on that one. Sure. I mean, there, <laughs> there's a lot of influences going in there. And, you know, Jason was even said, he's like, well, you know, you got to think it sounds like the kind of music that I liked whenever I kind of stopped listening to new music. You know, and it definitely it definitely sounds like that. Um, and I, you know, and, and I really I really enjoyed the record for what it was. I mean, I, I liked I liked the more melodic moments because I'm not used to hearing Jason Wisdom, you know, sing. <laughs> and uh, and I don't even know if that's him singing or not, but the, there there is melodic vocal on the record, and I think that's really cool. And I think it sounds 
I think it sounds really great. I mean, and, and I can't say like as a metal fan that when I listened to it, I was like completely blown away. Um, I had listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of interviews and, you know, with Jason was saying that, you know, this is predominantly an industrial record. You know, it's not, um, it's not going to sound like become the archetype or Solomon's or anything. It's, it's gonna, it's going to be its own kind of its own thing. And so when I, when I listened to the record for the first time, I kind of go, I kind of went in there knowing that, you know, and uh, me and buddy, I mean, we, we talked about this, about this record, you know, for days and days and days and days leading up to the room, to the release, you know, you know, how we thought it was going to be. And I think, I think buddy was looking for more of, you know, 10 of the lie, you know, 10, 10 versions of the lie, you know, it's like hollow again, uh, all over again. Right. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been disappointed with that either. I mean, I think that would have sounded great. Um, I, I think, I think what we got is what we got. And you know, it, it, it's strange too, that you have a experienced musician, and a not so experienced musician, and I don't say like from their playing ability, but just from their like how many albums we've appeared on. I mean, Jason Wisdom was on, you know, what one, two, three, four, five, becoming the archetype albums, and then a sixth album with another band. And so, I mean, this guy, this guy's was recording music for a long time. But what I found refreshing about it was that it it sounds like a new band. You know, it doesn't necessarily sound like. Okay, it's all these it's it's these it's these industrial songs, but Jason Wisdom screaming over it, you know. Right. Um, this the songs sound pretty pretty handcrafted, and um, and I, you know I think it really works for him. Um, I agree with Buddy that it does kind of like the dynamics are almost too extreme in the sense that some of the songs go from being in a very metal sounding to being kind of danceable, <laughs> which is a little bit different. It's not something that that I normally encounter, so I thought I don't know. I had kind of mixed feelings at first, but over the over the past month or so, listening to it off and on, I really kind of get an impression that um, that this was this was sincere. This was trying to be something very original, and I think in that respect, I think it I think it succeeds in that. I think it succeeds in being exactly what it is. It sounds like this person likes this type of music or this is the vision they had in their head. And it just happens to be that he's a bass player and in certain contexts probably doesn't get to fully express his musical taste. Right. This is, this would be a good example of what happens when you give the bass player complete control. Right. Yeah. He, he does a really good job in that regard. Um, yeah, I, you know, I thought it was cool too, that it was all bass driven. Um, that was different. Well, it wasn't something that I was really expecting, and I and I was kind of, I was kind of afraid that the record was going to be unmelodic, you know, like in the in, in the way that bass players tend to just like to thunder it out and, you know, like bad modification. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I mean, just like that. Um, that is always the fear. I was afraid. I was afraid that it was going to be, you know, something like that. So I, I was pleasantly surprised to hear the loops, you know, that were in there. And the synthesizer and the singing and it it all came together really well. And I think it sounds really dark and, and, you know, I think, I think thematically it's still metal, you know, um, musically there's, there's a lot of like industrial influences, maybe almost some like goth influences in there. And, um, and, and I really like the way it sounds most of the time. Uh, sometimes I'm not in the mood for it. Um, and I just want to listen to something more thrashy and, but, um, I think I think it succeeds on every level as far as what it was trying to accomplish. Um, 
and I feel bad that, you know, that there are fans that feel like they're ripped off. Um, I didn't personally feel that way, but I, I totally understand that, that there, there might've been a minor amount of disappointment there with what we ended up getting. Um, I thought, I thought the song with, uh, Andrew Schwab was really cool. Uh, slow dancing with death. Or was it slow dancing or was it self mind dead? I can't remember. There's so many songs about death. It was self mind dead with Andrew Schwab. Sorry. And, uh, well, yeah, I thought that song sounded really cool, and it was good hearing his voice in there. Because, um, yeah, like Buddy said, he he's never actually been on uh, been a guest singer on any albums throughout his entire career. And we will uh, we'll definitely do a good uh, we'll do a good treatment for Project Eighty Six uh, sometime in the future. We need to do that um, at Christmas time, right? Yeah, so we can talk about the Project Eighty Six Christmas album. <laughs> well, well, just so we can do it in season. Yeah, uh, I really liked the Belmont Family Curse. Uh, I thought that was a cool song. Uh, both of them, and uh, wasn't expecting it, but when I read the name, I said, "Well, that sounds like exactly what it's going to be," and yeah, it was. It gets it gets very Nintendo-y uh, <laughs> towards the end of the record, and uh, I, I really love that, and um, I think those might actually be my favorite songs on the record because they they just sound very different than than kind of everything else on there, and it was a good ending. And this is not the first time Jason Wisdom has dabbled in the whole Nintendo idea. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you look up the video for uh, "Become the Archetype, the Magnetic Sky," uh, there that that's a really good video. Uh, it's like a kid playing an RPG, and the RPG members are the members of becoming the archetype, and um, it flashes from like the eight-bit depiction of the battles to like you know live action, you know low budget, you know the band fighting monsters with just hand axes and stuff and uh that that's extremely satisfying to watch. <sighs> but yeah, uh the storm before the calm by Death Therapy, totally awesome. I mean t- totally awesome to listen to unless you're just like a metal purist and you you know if 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 your idea of good metal is just, you know, rain and blood, then you know you're probably right unless it's Ghost I definitely like to blend, to branch out uh, a little bit and uh, and go from there. And I don't want to talk about Ghost, man. Ghost freaks me out. I'm serious, uh, dude. I, I've been listening to it. I really do believe <laughs> it is the most evil music ever produced. Uh, super evil. I just I, uh, I, I think it is. I like it um, as a uh, yeah. I definitely get kind of a merciful fate vibe from it. Like not necessarily like in the music itself, but just. Um, just this whole like, look at how evil and satanic we are, you know. <laughs> we'll we'll save that for when Josh is here and we have sure. a few more beers. Right, sounds good to me. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to come on and do like a little, a little short little. Uh, if anybody actually cares what my opinion is about this kind of stuff, uh, I just thought I would throw it out there. Um, not to not to take away from what you and Buddy did. I think I think if you just want to listen to that episode. And that'd be it. I mean, that's uh, that's perfectly everything. Everything is definitely covered. I don't necessarily think I've contributed anything new to the discussion, but uh, I just wanted to throw something out there because, uh, well, my kids finally went to sleep and I'm bored. So uh, that <laughs> that well, was uh, that was where I was at. Your rebuttal uh, is going to drop on Tuesday. So what's your album of the week? Oh, my album of the week. Oh, that's rough. Uh, well, I've been listening to two albums uh, concurrently. And they're ones that I picked up when I was in when uh, Indianapolis, uh, which is uh, Nile in their Darkened Shrines, and uh, I've also been listening to Oprobrium. I think we decided it's Oprobrium. No, I don't think that's how you pronounce it though. Looking at the vinyl, it seems like Oprobrium. I don't know. It's really cool. It's on Relapse Records. The album's called Serpent Temptation, and it is awesome. It's just like old school '80s thrash. 
is that the Incubus that supposedly sent a cease and desist to Metallica, but that turned out to be completely fake? I don't think so. I just well, read I this know. story today that the tell me that story. The eighties band Incubus had sent a cease and desist letter because Moth into the Flame is supposed to be ripping them off, but it's completely false. Um but that just happened today. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Um, it was funny to read. I was like, this doesn't look real. Oh, yeah, it really wasn't real. The Serpent Temptation was an album by Incubus. And... Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure. <laughs> no comment at the moment. <laughs> you getting psyched for American Standards on Friday? Oh, yeah, dude. I can't wait to talk to them. I think it'll be good. And on that note, this has been the first episode of Dan's Rebuttal. Because you can't have a discography discussion if you don't have Dan's opinion. Yeah, I guess so. Because that's the way he wants it. All right, then. All right, man. I'll see you on Friday. All right, man. Sounds good. We will talk to American Standards on Friday. Yes. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Discography Discussion. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. <laughs>